Welcome everyone to another episode of Folico Live. I am Travis Nixon, joined by Tyler Tucci. We're excited to go ahead and kick off today. It is June 27th, 2022. So um, today's going to be an exciting show. It is our weekly earnings roundup. A little bit of a review of what our weekly earnings roundup for everyone who hasn't tuned in so far. This is uh, the day that we're running all of our models against all the companies that are releasing earnings this week. And we've got some exciting tickers for you this week. Um, and this being really the kickoff of a new earnings season, I think it's especially poignant to consider how the rest of the earnings season is going to go. This is starting to shape up what the overall sentiment is going to be like for what this next cycle is. Um, so we're going to get into that. We're going to go deep. Uh, but first, some interesting news over the weekend. I just wanted to talk through real quick the Russell reshuffle. Tyler, did you see this? Meta is now a, a value brand. Value trap, value brand, one or the other. We'll find out. <laughs> so what what is that? What is that all about? Um, so we'll we'll just keep this this really quick because I think we really have some some great earnings things uh, later, and I think we're really good at that. Um, you know, is is this a for the people who predicted that Meta was going to move into the Russell, is is this a you know is that is this bullish for them who put the trade on beforehand? Um, you know, people run index deletion or add strategies, but you have to take a few beforehand, where you know, yeah, or while it's ongoing. Once the the news hits, um, I think a majority of the new indexer flows are priced in, and by that, what I mean is. Everyone who is a Russell index manager, they're going to have to add Facebook um, and they're going to have to kick out whatever, you know, whatever it was that got kicked out. So I generally think by the time the announcement hits, you know, pretty much we've we've priced the flows. The trade was, you know, could you have have deduced it beforehand if you got your, you know, your Colombo rain jacket on and then, you know, figured out, OK, I want to be long this because people don't know yet that they're going to need to add it. We know this morning now they're going to need to add it. So, you know, I, I think a large the, a, the largest uh, adjustment due to that is behind us. Does this change at all how Meta gets traded going forward? I mean, maybe. And, you know, kind of back to what we talked about, the the bifurcation of, of the FANG stocks. Um, you know, we, we had talked about I kind of see like, you know, Amazon and Microsoft and Apple versus kind of Netflix and, you know, Meta who are, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of sputtering to figure out what their next iterate, you know, the next iteration of themselves, what that's, you know, going to look like. You know, my view for a long time has been everyone monetizing just eyeballs is really suffering right now because COVID was the surplus of eyeballs, but that's really one of the supply shortages we're getting right now is you, there's just so much more competition for attention, consumer attention. Facebook and Netflix live on that. They've got a they've got a shift with the times with that. But Tyler, you're right. Let's get right to earnings. We've got so much to cover today. I want to jump right into it. So let's go ahead and do that. All right. New transition, Tyler. It was very I get cool. So pumped up with that, but then it comes back to us. I'm like, oh damn! <laughs> All right, June 27, 2022. Let's see what we actually have got uh, coming up for the week. So Monday today, uh, Nike and Jeffries releasing. Tuesday is going to be uh, Trip.com. Wednesday, we're going to see four major takers coming out: General Mills, Bed Bath and Beyond, McCormick and Co., and Paychex. And then Thursday, rounding up with Micron, Walgreens, Acuity, and Constellation. 
Uh, it's nice because we're getting a, a really broad mix across the board from different sectors. So it's, uh, again, kicking off this next season. This is going to be a good way for us to get a view into what's coming up. So why don't we just go ahead and jump in with Monday? All right. So Monday is going to be Nike and Jeffries. Uh, let's let's start with Nike. What do you think, Tyler? So, I mean, we, we kind of have a, I'd call this, you know, fairly in line kind of ho-hum. Um, we do have probably about, uh, looks like 1.4 billion in revenue. Um, just to back up here, I'm looking at the 0.5 forecast. This is our median forecast. And I'm comparing that to the street. Um, so if I can show you over here really quick. So this is, these are the two names reporting this week. So Nike, Felico data has 87 cents of EPS on 10.8 billion of revenue. The market has 80, 81 cents on 12.2 billion in revenue. So we do have revenue a bit light, um, but you know EPS is is you know slightly stronger. When you look in Felico, I don't see like an exciting story that would make me trigger a trade. You know what I mean? I, I you know this is this is probably somewhat worrying. If if revenue comes in in low here, you know it's probably a reflection of what's going on in China. You know probably a consumer slowdown. Um, but this, you know, in terms of trading, I'm not looking to, you know, I'm not looking to add it to the portfolio. If it was already in my portfolio, you know, I don't see a need to get rid of it here down, you know, I think it's you know, uh, near a hundred off of, I Tyler, do you mind zooming in? Just making sure we can all see the numbers there clearly. Yeah, sure. Great. So yeah, kind of a mixed bag from what I'm seeing. So we're, we're actually our models are seeing a miss on revenue, but a beat on EPS, not really necessarily something to trade on, for, if I understand you correctly. Yeah, that's to, to me, when when we have kind of conflicting signals, it just tells me do not touch. I want to have, uh, you know, I want to have Felico line up with our earnings forecasts. And, you know, I want um, the earnings indicator to be to be running higher in Felico. So I, I want to check a couple things. It's not enough for me to just look at, you know, EPS from Felico versus EPS versus consensus and trigger a trade. There's, there's a bit more that we need to do to cross confirm here, but I will show you one that does cross confirm here. And we have a call and a half. Um, if you want to bring up the, the model for, for Jeffries. Sure. All right. Jeffries next one uh, looks like uh, our expected value here would be um, 260 million on the net income. 1.91 billion for revenue, 1.11 dollar 11 for earnings per share, net margin 0.16. So what's really interesting about that? So if you look at EPS, the street's got about half of what we have in EPS. We have double, roughly, what the street's forecasting in EPS. Um, you know, stuff like that starts to get me excited, especially in. Uh, less cyclical businesses, you know, sometimes our data is tricked by, you know, cyclicality. This is, this is, you know, they've been banking and trading for the last, the last quarter, just like they have for the last, you know, it's 50 years. Um, so this is, this is actually one that, that we would like to trade. We would, we would buy it right here at, uh, at, uh, 2783. Uh, it looks like this morning. Um, we would, we would buy that in earnings. I mean, we, we, we think there's a significantly positive expected value for that trade. Um, I'll be tracking it in just, you know, Delta one, just the spot price. You know, I would look at trading weekly options on this because we have such, you know, an outsized call. We, we have, you know, them really, really, you know, 
tearing the cover off the ball. So that'll be very interesting to see post-market if, uh, you know, we've managed to pick up something that, that the street was missing in, in a very big way. Now, I want to give context on these predictions real quick for people that haven't joined us or seen our earnings forecast before. Uh, these earnings reviews are coming in out of three different models. And so the first step that we do, and I'm going to make this quick because we do have a lot of tickers to get through. Uh, the first step that we do is a visual analysis of our earnings power health score. Now, this is the Jefferies Financial Group um, earnings power health score with the gray line being their stock price overlaid. Now, what's interesting about this is with companies that we see strong earnings reports the week before earnings is released, we, we very typically see this sharp spike in the one week rolling average earnings power health score. And so Jeffries, we are definitely seeing that. That's step one. Step two, Tyler gets me that, um, that ticker symbol that has looked visually interesting to him. And then we run that through our models, um, which as you were seeing the output of that earlier is, is showing a, a probability distribution function. So here there's a 10% chance <coughs> this line happening and a 10% chance. Oh, sorry, I've got to swap this, these screens out. I've got a, uh, there's a 10% chance of this line happening and a 10% chance of this line happening down here with our expected uh, for our expected amount being right at the 0.5. Uh, this is coming from the, the first piece of this model comes from trends and historical analysis. And so we're using a lot of time series forecasting methods in order to derive the first piece. And that's where we'll, we'll end up at our initial strike consensus. On top of that model, that's where we lay in some additional uh, boosted trees models in order to get at what does the health scores mean on top of that time series forecasting. And that's where things like systemic uh, issues, uh, ESG, competition, earnings power, all these health scores that we make as part of Folico get added on top. And then that's where the real difference between what the market is, is estimating and where we're estimating is going to be coming from. That's where a lot of those popping new developments and revelations are coming out of. And oftentimes we'll find a company signaling strength or weakness in the week lead up to those earnings forecasts, which is why this has been such a particularly powerful piece of the puzzle of what we make here at Folico. Now, uh, we have had times we've been testing these models out for several months now since we went into production and released our alpha. Uh, and what we found since making <coughs> models is very often uh, we will be more correct than uh, the market consensus is. But even when we do miss, the way that we miss actually still ends up being a good trade. When we make those positive calls, uh, often that's still a good trade because there was, who was it, Tyler? We, we missed on our forecast, but the guidance was such that the market moved our direction anyway. So when, when we do miss the current quarter, they end up releasing guidance for the next quarter that really matches our narrative. So we're obviously picking up something about what that future state of the company was. Was that NVIDIA, Tyler, that that happened? Uh, there was one, it was GWRE and then COUP. Basically what happened was we were wrong, but the price reaction, um, you know, was not punitive, you know, to our position. You know, we, mm -hmm. we were wrong, but you know, it went, and I think in both cases, it actually opened red and finished green. So I, I, I think this is, you know, my personal opinion, we are able to pick up uh, not only what we're, we're forecasting for the earnings, but something of the reaction uh, as, as well. 
Also, uh, just a quick shout out. If you want access to these health scores, Folico is live now. You're able to go in and uh, sign up, uh, be admitted to the beta and start using this product right away today. But let's go ahead and, and keep going with Jeffrey. So what are we seeing here? Yeah, I mean, significant upside, significant upside. Almost double on the EPS. Uh, probably, yeah, it looks like about, uh, you know, 600 million, we have excess revenue. So, I mean, you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that's interesting. And then when you couple it with, I will show you my screen over here. So then, oh yeah. So, uh, there we go. Yep. Your screen's good to go. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm changing screens. Um, oh, you're changing screens. Okay. I'm going to show, I just want to show everyone the other piece of the puzzle here. So here is, here's the Jeffrey's earnings power factor in Felico. And just like Travis was mentioning, it's trying to start to take off, um, you know, against the flat stock price. So we love to see that. I, I base the, my, my step one is always, okay, with what has a flat stock price? with an interesting earnings power in either direction. And, and I have found that to be, to be, you know, pretty predictive. Hmm. So Jeffries, that is one I'm going to be adding to my portfolio later on this morning. Uh, are they releasing before market or after market? After market, I believe. Okay. Along with Nike, something to watch. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on to Tuesday. Tuesday is going to be let's see i think we have the right data just the wrong title here hey what are we seeing for tcom so we have you know we're we're fairly optimistic this is another one of these that you know i wouldn't be trading um but at, you know if, if it's in your portfolio you can keep it there you know i i think is is, is kind of how i think about it is you know, do I want to add this here? Do I want to short this here? Or if I'm already long or short it, do I want to cover the position? So to me, you know, we have a we have a pretty good uh, EPS revenue, uh, EPS, excuse me, expectation. We actually see the chance of some profitability this quarter. So that would be interesting. Um, we have revenues pretty much in line. So, you know, net, net kind of bullish. But again, um, you know, it's not one that, you know, I want to stand on top of the of the of this episode and scream like you know, uh, right in last week. Jeffrey's here. We got one more that we'll talk about that we're that we're fairly convicted on. But you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not digging my heels in to to you know make a make a play on on TCOM here. You know, fair enough, fair enough. However, though, uh, we are seeing profit where the market is seeing a loss. Uh, mm -hmm. That could be significant, right? Yes, I mean that that would be that would be definitely significant. Um, you know, I kind of discounted it a little because when you look through um, some of the, the model banded output, the jumps are decently big, I, I believe. So like I, I wasn't, you know, between I believe four and five, it's, you know, that's that's basically where we decide whether or not they're going to be profitable. So, you know, if it was like, you know, if we had a pretty, a pretty good, you know, maybe 60, 70% expectations of profitability, that would be one thing. But you know, I don't want to stand here and call, you know, for, you know, that's only only almost 40 cents of upside. Um, you know, 
I would rather classify this one as as moderately bullish instead of sticking my feet on the ground. Especially, you know, when when I went through Felico, nothing interesting in the earnings factor. Um, you know, it was pretty much tracked price. Um, so I don't really see any anything that we've you know we've found that they've missed. You know, and those yeah. are where our, where our biggest trades have have been, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really know you know if they if they missed anything here. Well, I want to point that out because this is interesting. Now. Similar to Jeffries, we are seeing that spike in the one week rolling health score uh, for earnings power. But at the same time, we're also seeing that spike in the stock price itself. Yeah. So while we while we are catching strength, I, I think the key is exactly what you just said. It's strength that everyone else saw as well. So are we really ahead of the market on this or are we just in line? Yes, I, I think we're more in line. I think price figured out, you know, maybe what Felico saw and we've already kind of worked that out. So we've you know, we, we've we've closed that opportunity. Great. All right. Let's uh, move on to Wednesday. We have Wednesday General Mills, Bed Bath & Beyond, McCormick, and Paychex. So let's go to Bed Bath & Beyond first. What are you seeing for Bed Bath & Beyond? So this is actually another one. Um, we have very interesting data for this. You know, it would very much be suggestive of a long. If you, if you look here, you know, again... The street's got negative uh, $1.30 in EPS. We have negative 63 cents, um, you know, almost almost half a billion more in revenue um, that we're forecasting than, than the street is. So we actually think that this one will be pretty good. I will caveat this with, though, this is a garbage company. You know, this, they, trade it, they trade it $5. You know, this is not, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that are going to go into this, this trade. It's not going to be just, you know, EPS, our EPS versus their EPS, you know, can you stay in business? Um, what does positioning look like going into this report? Um, you know, that could work both ways. I could, I could definitely, you know, talk to you about a scenario where everybody's short and, you know, if we're right, this thing's going to squeeze hard. So it's an interesting trade, but I just want to point out the fact that a name like this is driven by so many more other things than, you know, just the straight earnings report. So, you know, would I, would I probably trade that, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at some call pricing or, you know what, let's, let's just go ahead and we will, we'll, we'll make this an official trade this week. So this is, this is going to be our trade tracker. Um, so that way we can just be a little more, you know, quantitative in terms of this is, this is more of a, it's not going to be an exact PL because, you know, if, if I decide to trade, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond options, I'm just going to use this, our spot price for the tracking, um, for the tracking purposes. But I think it's just important to be able to show some sort of, you know, this is our index of, you know, ideas. And, and this is the kind of, uh, you know, output in PL you could have expected by kind of following these, these theses and, and using our, our earnings data. Um, if you want to see it tracked a different way, uh, you know, please let us know. You know I'm, I'm happy to do it, you know, kind of any, any way that's helpful. Um, but, you know, this is, this is just kind of how I, I want to think about it to start using, uh, assuming we were just long spot on the long side and assuming we were long at the money put options on the short side to just simulate the decay in the borrow cost is, is basically what I'm doing. And um, once so again, what, why this is so important to us is every Friday we're going to be doing a report card to show you how right or wrong we were for a week. We want everyone to be as informed as possible as to how our calls are performing. So 
Uh, every Friday, we're going to actually play video clips from our uh, weekly shows of what we're predicting and when. And we want to be very specific about when we're actually making a call so that we can be accurate on that report card and not have anyone writing back saying things like, oh, you you misrepresented this or that. Or uh, I work at Bed Bath & Beyond and you called me a garbage company. And <laughs> Sorry, it's it's nothing personal. It's, it's just between me and the ticker. That's, you know... Uh... That's that's, no, the so only, that's the only fight here. It's it's interesting. I was looking at Bed Bath and Beyond because I wanted to see how how they have historically performed in a recession. I think that there's a lot more recession talk coming up, even though last week was a pretty strong week for the market. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, most folks that I know are, are saying we're already in a recession. Just the data hasn't been around long enough to to say it. So how does BBBY do in those times? Two thousand eight. Uh, it it you know it fell quite a bit, right? So it's, this isn't like one of those uh, nice stocks that the consumer can rely on for cheaper goods or services when there's there is a significant recession. Um, that would that would have been my one big hope. You know, we we still have some strong savings in the consumer sector, uh, and hopefully, you know, with a recession, they would actually be able to come back a little bit with that. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. No, and and that's that's the thing, and that's why I mentioned you know before mentioning that that we're going to be long it. We do like it for a trade. There's a whole bunch of other things going on here that could completely, even if we are right, even if if we're we're you know right on the uh, you know if we're screws on both of our numbers and we completely blow away consensus, you know there are lots of chances for weird outcomes. They could say, yeah, earnings was great, but you know once you once you once the stock price drops under five dollars, it's a you know for me the going concern question starts to you know become into play, right? Like yeah. you know. You either get bought out and that's good for longs and you squeeze the shorts to death or it goes to, you know, zero bankruptcy, chapter 11, what you want and all the shorts win. So, you know, that's that's the game we're playing now more than we are. You know, what's the fundamental value of Bed Bath & Beyond is, you know, it's it's pretty much just a positioning food fight at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move forward. We got seven minutes left. We've got a lot to cover. Yeah. General Mills. How are we feeling about General Mills? General Mills, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think we have we have pretty in line. Um, you know, let's let's take a look over here at, at GIS. Um, this will be an interesting one because it's kind of the opposite of uh, of what you just mentioned um, with with Bed Bath and Beyond doing bad in a recession. You know, this is this is one generally that that does that does okay, and you know. Um, it's it's kind of just a consumer staple, right? So you know, it, it it doesn't perform great, but it performs less badly than some of the other stuff. Um, I mean, they they have been hard charging since uh, late 2018. So 2018, yeah. they got snagged up in pretty hard. But I mean, look at that growth since 2018, <clears throat> and and like really no slowdown for COVID or anything like that. Everyone knew you're still going to be eating cereal at home uh, if you're locked down, right? Right. No, this you know this is this is for me this is this is kind of a, of a do not touch, um, you know. But you know it will be interesting because this will be telling about the you know we have a couple names reporting this week acuity as well that will be kind of you know help us paint a picture you know what's what the consumer health health you know situation uh, you know really looks like. So um, in other words, it sounds to me you're not ready to jump into the consumer health pool just yet. Let's see what happens with acuity. Uh, General Mills and Constellation is that in your bucket for checking the market as well? Yeah, a bit, but you know, I'd rather stay long. For example, 
we have writing. You know, I'd rather I'd rather be long righted, which we are, you know, pretty bullish on, than you know, messing around with with GIS, which we have, you know, less conviction on. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of how I think about that. All um, right, McCormick. This would be a, this this kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I don't like trading these names as much. Um, you know, less liquid. Um, but let's see. We have McCormick has sixty five and one sixty. So we have we have a, a pretty decent you know EPS beat. Uh, the street sees sixty five cents. We see seventy four cents. We have the exact same thing in terms of revenue. So you know this is just yeah this will be fine. You know if it's in your portfolio keep it there. But I'm not adding it. You know. I'm not shorting it. I, I have, you know, we just leave it alone. We got, we got other, you know, higher conviction ideas this week. One thing that's interesting to me about McCormick is look how stable the model is in this prediction. Sometimes for a model, you'll get numbers that are kind of all over the place, but across the whole distribution, we're seeing some real stability around, around all these numbers. Um, that, that seems to be uh, a lot more common in, in stocks with a very certain given path and to me, um, that's usually more predictable. So when you're seeing the model all coming into a consensus, usually the market has priced in that movement because it's, it's fairly well known. That, that means the time series component is picking up something that's pretty given. All right. Paychecks. Uh, so we have 113. So this is another one. We have, we have a pretty decent EPS beat. The street seed 79 cents. EPS on uh, one spot, one, one billion of revenue. Um, you know, so we have, we have a decent EPS beat. We have a revenue miss. Um, you know, I'm not excited by the story of Felico tells. So again, you know, we think this will be fine. You know, you don't have to kick this out of your portfolio, but you know, I don't, I don't see any a reason to trade it, especially because I think there's two more names we have left on the list that actually are pretty interesting. All right, let's, let's jump into those. I just want to take a look, quick look at the Paychex Health Factor. Yep, it's that market movement. Uh, so the Health Factor improving in line with the the stock price. So can't say that we we really beat the market on anything there. All right, Micron, Walgreens, Acuity, and Constellation Thursday. Let's talk about Micron. All right, so what are we seeing for Micron? I mean, we we got a call and a half here. Um, you know, so and and I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with the model here. So you know, we want to be short micron. Uh, the street sees two dollars and forty six cents of EPS on about uh, eight point seven billion in revenue. So we have revenue coming in about a billion dollars light here. Um, you know, I I don't I don't see why not. Um, you know, this is this is MU as we discussed yesterday is a dram name. Um, you know, you're bullish on that kind of long-term, I think is fair to say, but when we look at, you know, the, we look at Felico and we look at our forecasts, you know, we want to short this one into earnings. We're going to short this one into earnings. Um, you know, it's, it's $2. Oh, hello. It's $2 and 25 cents. Uh, I mean, the market's not open, but they closed on Friday at $2 and 25 cents. Um, so that'll be for the, at the money put. That price is in a 4% downside move. So basically we need 4.1% or more, uh, you know, to, to start making some money here, which, you know, if, if revenue is a billion dollars light, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Gotcha. Yeah. I want to talk about Micron for a second because this is, this is a pretty big call for us. So Micron uh, really DRAM, right? Dynamic uh, random access memory. Micron, um, th this is a, a, 
pretty quickly growing industry. Micron c- controlling about a quarter of it, but it's three quarters. This this one segment is three quarters of Micron's revenue. If you look at that growth trajectory for DRAM, send that up. Is, uh, oh, here I'll get out of the way so you can you can share that one. Oh shoot. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for reminding me. I, yeah, I'm looking at my um, slides here and not not focused on what's presented. Yeah, going back, just making sure everyone could see that. Uh, Micron controlling about a quarter of the market for DRAM, uh, about a $100 billion industry as of 2021, sourcing uh, IC Insights. If you look at the growth of this industry, I mean, so DRAM, let's talk about what this is powering. This is powering your cell phone, your smartwatch. This is powering uh, a whole bunch of servers in the cloud. So when there is a huge digital deployment or new use cases found for how DRAM is used, DRAM, as opposed to other kinds of computer uh, memory chips, uh, it's cheap, but it requires more power, more electricity. So in the green revolution, DRAM was thought to have some headwinds against it, given that it required more power. And uh, folks were trying to focus on more of those greener energy saving kinds of chips. Um, And so DRAM kind of was hurt pretty big in 2019. However, since the COVID uh, lockdowns, a lot of memory needed, expansion of uh, data centers and things like that, there was a huge growth in the past two years in this uh, in this industry. And Micron having some significant share there was excellent for them. What we're seeing though, is that this is pretty volatile. I mean, look at how often there's some really significant shrink uh, shrinkage in this industry. And so because this is so volatile, it has limited the market to just three key players, Samsung, Micron and SK Hynix. I don't know too much about SK. Um, so yeah, DRAM, what is it used for? And, and all this to say that I actually really love Micron in the long term. So when it comes to looking at Micron and, and holding them for a couple years, I see some great prospects there. I mean, look, if you'd invested a thousand dollars in NVIDIA in 2012, you would have, what is it, Tyler? It's around fifty-eight, fifty-nine $59,000 from that $1,000 investment. Uh, for a long time, GPU memory as new use cases were found for that kind of computer chip. There was just tremendous growth in that space. Micron, I think there continues to be new uses. Uh, they're uh, playing a huge part in 5G technology. So the more that 5G gets enabled and building out uh, the Internet of Things as powered by 5G, this is going to be a great business model. However, uh, what we're seeing here in the near term uh, is weakness in the semi-industry. That was the call you made uh, a couple months back. You actually predicted the the peak for semis back, uh, I think if you even named the date. It was like June 2nd, June 3rd. Uh, and since then, we have seen some tough times for them. Is Micron getting just caught up in the semi troubles or what is it that could be holding them back? I mean, they've, they've already you know taken a, a pretty good beating with the rest of the sector, uh, already down significantly. Um, but I think it's just one of those, you know, one of these things where like, you know, you have to walk up. You have to walk a price down from, you know, bubble high slowly, you know, said differently. In 2000s, you know, certain stocks doubled five or six times on the way to zero. Micron's not going to zero, but I think it's just one of those things where in order to finally reach the low, you know, we need a catalyst, uh, you know, coming in a billion light on revenue would, would potentially be be such a catalyst. So it's if, if I had to kind of classify our whole our whole view, it's we do think there is one more push lower. But, you know, in the next three months, we're going to we're going to start to get constructive. I think we've we've named, you know, the fang bottom as, you know, mid-October. I see semi-strength starting, you know, running into the the next set of earnings. So Micron's kind of a laggard. But the next, you know, when we go to the top of the order, 
um, you know, the NVIDIAs and, and things like that, um, you know, maybe we can see that to start to improve. So it would actually be an interesting kind of, uh, you know, it would paint an interesting picture if we could get, you know, a nice, a nice puke lower in, in Micron off these earnings and then actually, you know, hopefully, you know, data cooperating, we look to establish some, some more, uh, you know, more structural longs, you know, something that we're going to hold as opposed to, you know, we're, we're just, we're just trading this week. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Moving forward, we got to start closing down here soon. AYI, Acuity Brands. This is an interesting one because this is, uh, you know, housing sector adjacent, materials sector adjacent. So, you know, the the more of these we see, the better. Um, the street sees $2.92 on, you know, just under a billion in revenue. Uh, we see just under a billion revenue too, but we only see $2.16 a share. So that's, you know, that would be a, a decent, you know, a decent miss, um, you know, just. I, I, I know all up, we're, we're showing a lot of misses. Yes. That, so it, it sounds like Folico is really starting to see the weakness in earnings coming out that a lot of folks have been waiting for to sense that market bottom coming. Yeah. and But I wouldn't say it's like out and out weakness. We have a lot of like. Um, you know, top line beat, bottom line miss, or, you know, like I, I would say more than predicting, except for like MU, which, you know, uh, you know, no, no slice of words. Like we think that's going to stink. The rest of these, I think I would classify them more as a mixed bag as opposed to outright bullish or bearish. You know, there'll be, there'll be, you know, good things to take away if you're long and bad things to take away if you're short. And then, you know, basically, you know, positioning will do its nasty thing on on both the longs and the shorts, and you know, after the event, and you know, it'll just be a function of, of you know who's positioned where, um, and that's why I kind of stay away from even you know we do have a big EPS miss here, you know, so we would be, I guess, net bearish, but it's it's not one of these things where you know everything else is confirming it. So we're gonna watch, you know, we're you know especially for our own like testing purposes, right? We we look at and. And, you know, we, quote, trade every name insofar as we evaluate our prediction on every name. I'm just kind of pushing, you know, what we have as our best ideas here. Um, so I, I kind of think AYI would be, if Micron wasn't here this week, it would be an interesting short. But, I mean, we have Micron. So that's, you know, if this model's any good, like, that's the one we want to really, really, you know, hone in on and, um, you know, not worry about, you know, something that, that may or may not happen when we're you know, pretty convicted that, that something will happen elsewhere. Fair. All right. Let's move on forward. Walgreens. So this is interesting, given the the big call we made last week for Rite Aid, Walgreens being in a similar space, uh, facing some major headwinds from, you know, a lot of their boon from the, the COVID season of them being a key player and helping people through that time. Uh, and that's just not as much of a market need right now. What do you see for Walgreens? I mean, we have we have just about screws here. We have we have thirty two. Uh, yeah, we have thirty two point three billion. The market's got thirty two billion. Um, we have ninety five cents a share EPS. Uh, or no, excuse me. The market has ninety five cents a share EPS. We have eighty seven. So slight EPS miss. Uh, revenue coming on the screws. We think. Um, but if you look at where the market's at compared to our model, they're probably standing at about, uh, you said 95 cents. So they're probably standing at 65 percentile. Uh, that's not too far off. No. Um, there, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a big standard deviation in this, this output. Yes. And I also think if I could just bring you over here real quick. 
you know, again, earnings power kind of ticking up a little bit. So, you know, this is this is when I would give a stock the benefit of the doubt because earnings power is taking off. Um, and we do have, you know, pretty solid inline earnings. So, you know, net bullish, but again, you know, we're not taking trades when we're predicting, you know, screws. So, you know, that's how I think about that. Fair. All right. And then I believe we're just about done. Our last ticker is uh, STZ. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting one because that's been, that's been everywhere and involved in everything, right? It's a, you know, it's been a pot company. It's been not a pot company. It's a wine company. It's, you know, we, we got a little bit of everything going on there. So we have 94 cents a share on uh, 2.35 billion of earnings. Uh, the market has 2.8 billion, uh, no, excuse me, 2.1 billion of earnings um, at $2.50 a share. So that would be, you know, kind of an ugly EPS miss, uh, revenues in line. Um, you know, that actually would potentially be enough to start thinking about it because that would be a, you know, a, a decent miss. Um, well, I mean, we, I look, look at how the model spread is, though. Like, we don't see 250. I mean, you, you, would, you would be really stretching this model to say that we're fitting at a 250 EPS. Yes, and, and look at that. So we have we have some earnings power taking up, but you know we think the price got way ahead of itself. So you know, I, I guess this would be one that if it is in your portfolio, you know, maybe take it out in earnings. But um, you know, I, I think I might want to short on that. Okay, I, well, I, think I might try that. You you heard it from the man himself. He built these models and he wants to short it. So you know, he knows way better than me. Um, no, that's not the case. But we're. I mean, I, I with, with such an EPS prediction down from that, I, I think I would be interested in checking that out at least. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely do have a have a nice miss. It's just you know, especially names like this that are a bit funky. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as sure and feel as good about you know Jeffrey Long this week. I really like that trade. Mu Short this week. I really like that trade. You know, constellations. You know, yeah, if I had to, if I had a bias, I'd short it, but you know, it's just kind of more of a shoulder shrug to me, but you are right that, that we are pretty convicted that, you know, the EPS should come in low. So, you know, that probably would send the stock price lower. Excellent. Well, this rounds up our uh, weekly earnings report day. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, look, if you want access to this data, you can build your own models on top of it. You can get your own market understanding out of what is available in Folico. We are now live taking new beta customers every day. Go ahead to Cinerai.com, www.cinerai.com. I'll bring that up on the screen. You can sign up, get admitted, and start building out your own market models to uh, make the same trades we are. Hit the subscribe button for more episodes. We're going to be back here every Monday through Thursday at 8.30 a.m., bringing you more insights from the Folico uh, platform. Thank you, everyone, for joining, and we will see you tomorrow.